Welcome to the CRE Podcast, 100% Canadian, 100% commercial real estate. Now, here are your hosts, Aaron Cameron and Adam Pawatik. Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Podcast, powered by First National. I am Adam Pawatik, sitting here with Aaron Cameron at the Southwest Ontario Real Estate Forum, the first of its kind. And the guest we've got with us right now, Craig Beatty, perfect guest for this conference because his company, Perimeter Development Corporation, has a focus on Southwest Ontario. Grand development, repositioning, opportunistic plays. He's all about putting his money into Southwest Ontario. So, and he uh, lives here. And he lives <laughs> here. Yeah, this is, this is the guy. So welcome, Craig. Welcome. Yeah, thank you. So the interesting thing as well, we were talking a bit before we started hitting record here, is I guess you transplanted to the region. So you really have a vision for this geography being your future. Thanks. Yeah, Yeah, we definitely did. We made the move down here almost 10 years ago. When my partner and I started this company uh, almost 12 years ago now, we were in uh, Liberty Village is kind of where we set up our office. And then, you know, after a few years, everything that we were working on was in this region. And I often say it was sort of the fork in the road for us where it was kind of making that decision. Do we want to continue to be located there and commuting back and forth or kind of go all in and make the move down here and move our company down here. You know, I moved, I was in Etobicoke at the time living and uh, moved my family down here. And yeah, it's been a great move for us. I mean, our business and on the development business, it's a real hands-on you got to roll up your sleeves and you got to be involved to try to drive boots projects on the ground, forward. Boots really, on the ground. And we all, yeah. hopefully most of us in the real estate community are trying to do that as best as we can, COVID or otherwise. How did you get involved in real estate in the first place? Like, what's your background? You started in this industry doing what? Yeah, so I was with First Gulf, Great Gulf Homes for uh, about 10, 12 years. And uh, that's where I met my current partner in Perimeter now. David Gibson was the president and CEO there for about 20 years. And uh, I was very fortunate to work in all parts of the business there. I mean, from sort of tenant coordination, leasing, development, you name it. And I often say kind of got a bit of an MBA in real estate in a project we did at First Gulf here in the region. It was the redevelopment of the old Waterloo Town Square Shopping Center in Uptown Waterloo. So I was hands-on with that project, a stick handling, community relations, construction, leasing, all of the above. And that was a real transformative project for the urban core of, of Waterloo. And like through that experience, the number of years doing that project, we met tons of great friends and contacts in this market. And so when David retired from First Gulf, which lasted about two months, and this idea of us sort of just sort of branching out and kind of starting something small and entrepreneurial, we just kind of had this natural leaning to source opportunities in this market, given all those contacts that we made. And us being really bullish on this market, just given the strength of the university's proximity to Toronto and and really just untapped potential that we saw. So did you start Perimeter to just do investment in commercial and then decide, hey, KW is the focus? Like it kind of, you came by it honestly. Yeah, I mean, I think when we started this, we were very much open to, you know, really looking at, frankly, at opportunities outside of the GTA. You know, we knew that was going to be a focus of ours. Is that perimeter? Is that part yeah, of the exactly. naming? Yeah, okay. you got All it. Right. Yeah, very, very good. Yeah, you got it. So uh, that was it. And However, back to just when you just build so many great relationships and friends on our time here, it was just so easy to migrate here in terms of sourcing things. And, you know, we're opportunistic guys. And then we just, at that time, we were able to source some really interesting opportunities. Yeah, I mean, you're working at First Golf, a pretty large organization. 
your president, CEO, friend has left. Was it very quickly you're like, oh, I'm going to? Yeah, it was fairly quick after that. I mean, where it was just, say, like we've always, we've been great friends for a long time. Worked well together. Worked well together. And sort of, I've always had sort of an entrepreneurial mindset and sort of kind of take a shot and let's figure it out. Was it hard to find the capital? Not initially. I mean, again, we started very slow and steady. And again, we made some some opportunistic, smart initial couple of buys. Demonstrate the opportunity for, yeah, for others. For sure. So what would those first buys look like? Our first initial buy was an old automotive parts manufacturing facility here in downtown Kitchener that is now sort of Google's largest Canadian office. So that was a... Uh, that was a hell of a repositioning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was your first perimeter transaction? Major one, yeah. Wow, really... Uh... Knocked it out of the park with that, eh? Yeah, I mean, listen, it was not for the faint of heart. Like it was a had all kinds of environmental problems. It had planning, zoning. It had twelve hundred tons of old machinery in this facility that the the vendor just left. Yeah, so we had our work cut out for us. You didn't know Google was involved oh, no. at this point. Like, like no, how no. did this how did this whole trip like take place? Yeah, so we just kind of set about a developing a vision for the site. For the record, for those that may not be familiar, the site's like immediately north of the downtown core, like on King Street. Like you can literally throw a ball and hit downtown Kitchener, really, right? Like the core. Yeah, and everything's really built up around so it. So, what was the intention? And, was it first to be apartments or? No, our view was always like creative office. And we really kind of set up about a game plan of sort of solving some of these big problems. How do we get rid of all this machinery? So, we solved that, dealing with some of our planning and zoning. The city was great to work with there. Remediation. And remediation. How do you get rid of all that machinery? 1,200 tons, or is it just a great cost and expense and well, uh, you know dump what? trucks? Or? We actually said this is one of our best deals we ever did was we found a great recycling company out of Brampton. And we said, guys, we've got time on our hands. While we work through all our environmental and planning, get us back to four clean walls for zero cost. And these guys did a fabulous job. And where they made their money was on selling scrap and selling motors and pieces of equipment that were in the plant. So, you know, if they made 10 million bucks, we could care less. Like what was most important for us was getting this building back and clean. Yeah. And then I would say... I think it was like 2010, maybe, give or take, maybe a little bit after we got introduced to Michael Emery at Allied REIT. And they had 72 Victoria, their kind of first asset here. And we sold a half interest to Allied and did a joint venture with them. And we've been, which has been a fabulous partnership. And um, and that really helped sort of propel that project. First JV was Allied. Yeah. That's yeah. your first are pretty impressive here. Yeah. These are, yeah. <laughs> and where did Google come in? Because you're now on phase three and you're still involved. Yeah. Presumably. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, Google was a, and again, like the ally relationship, again, it's been terrific. And, you know, there's no selling the vision to them. Like they got it also, like it's uh, in terms of what that property could be. So that was really instrumental. And then we just kind of went about executing on this work program to start to create the vision, the sandblasting, the creating these lobbies and, you know, really doing the work. And then Shortly after we had actually acquired the old plant, Google was out in the market for, I think it was about maybe 30,000 square feet at the time. And we made it to the final dance of two. I mean, initially they said, hey, you know, we're just going to drive by the site. Uh, And I said, hey, give us 15 minutes. And that 15 minutes turned into about an hour and 15 minutes with their team. 
walking through this old plant with all this machinery there. And you could tell they were really enamored with the potential. Ultimately, they went to the tannery project just because their timing worked better. And then probably another 16, 18 months went by. And then they had a requirement for, you know, another 30, 40,000 square feet. And they came back and toured again. And You've gotten some of the machinery gone by yeah, this Yeah, so by then, you know, again, we've been executing on the program that we said that we were going to be doing. And some space opened up for them to expand at the tannery. They expanded there. Fast forward another 16, 18 months. They then needed 100,000 square feet. Whole crew came back again. And, you know, our project was looking terrific at that point. So that's third time of charm. We did a large deal, I think initially ended up kind of growing to about 185,000 square feet, the first transaction. And yeah, so then we've enjoyed a great relationship with them for many years. And we were then proactive to start some planning and entitlement work on uh, sort of a two-acre parking lot that we had across the street. And that's sort of now the has evolved into the phase three of the project, which is about 300,000 square feet that they are under construction on right now. Did you appreciate the first time Google came by that this may be a great opportunity? Or was it kind of like you had this vision to build this out? You knew you were going to get attracted tenants no matter what, whether it was Google or you know, startup from U of W didn't matter to you? Yeah, I mean, actually, like before we transacted with Google, I mean, we'd already, you know, we'd done a number of deals in the project. So we were starting to, you know, again, that kind of vision and and the idea of like some really terrific, well-located, best-in-class brick and beam space. We knew that there was going to be some market for it. For and, it. Particularly in this area, yeah. Yeah, and they just kind of fast-forwarded that substantially. I'm not going to ask you to share it, but I'd love to see the investment return on this. It must have been... Uh... <laughs> Must yeah. have been Had you nice. known Google was going to take 400,000 square feet, you would have paid a little bit more for that parcel of land probably. I well, know. hey, listen, it was, as I said, it was not for the faint of heart early on. and it, It's always easy to you know, look backwards <laughs> yeah, and go, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, you're so taking my money now. No, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. it's no brainer. Yeah. Well, what else? What are you working on now? That's that's obviously, a you know, I don't want to call it the biggest, but what else is there? Is it there? the crown jewel? Is yeah. It, uh, yeah, I mean, listen, we're really proud of it. I mean, you know, we're proud of a lot of stuff that we've done. I mean, you know, our office is in a little building down the street, a little late 1800s, I don't know, 25,000 square foot building that we did a full reno and that's where we have our office. And it really, we did a great job on that to try to set the tone for what's possible with some of these buildings. And so, yeah, even though that the Google project is large, some of these other ones, you know, we're really proud of. So that Google project took a life of its own, I'm sure. And how much of your time? Oh, right? substantial. Yeah. Right? So yeah. you're now, I guess, probably more now able to actually focus on the original perimeter plan than you really intended on it being delayed for. If you know what I mean, right? Like, you didn't intend on this to become this gigantic Google no, machine. Yeah, no, it was very process. hands-on for yeah. a long time. It was, yeah, there's never a dull moment in, uh, you know, these adaptive reuse projects. I mean, listen, there's surprises around every corner. And again, back to the kind of being there and boots on the ground, you have to be to stay, keep those projects under control. So uh, so that was really instrumental, I think, uh, just us being here and being involved for those to be successful. You know, we're opportunistic guys. And I mean, and that's where the opportunities have been the last 10 years in this market have been, you know, a lot of those adaptive reuse. And so we've done our fair share of those. We did a new, brand new Class A office building, first new Class A building here in over 25 years that we opened in 2019. And, you know, Gowlings, we signed a deal with them as our kind of anchor tenant and almost 50,000 square feet to kick off that project. You know, obviously the balance of lease up there has been slower, you know, obviously with COVID and, and everything there, but we're now starting to see some activity pick back up there. And then we've started to kind of branch back to more on the industrial side of things. We've done lots of that in our careers. 
So we're doing a large project here in Kitchener, our Homer Watson Business Park. It was an old Bud Automotive factory that we acquired and we did a joint venture with Crest Point on that. And yeah, we're going to be wrapping up construction on that later this year. How big is that? So that's about 720,000 square feet, over three buildings. Is this a spec or design build? A spec. Okay. So yep. are you taking them to market uh, now or soon? Or what's Yeah, the... it's on the market now. We've finished one building. It's fully leased. We're going to be ready to deliver a large building, uh, about 500,000 square feet in the uh, next few months. And probably happy with the way the rents are showing up now versus your original pro forma. Yeah, no, for sure. And we've been really fortunate on the construction side. It's gone really well. Our costs have been in line. So yeah, no, it's now, it's, just, it's a leasing exercise now. And, you know, we're really bullish on kind of our timing of when that's going to deliver and where some of the needs are in the markets. So yeah, so that's on the go. And then we're, we're actively working on some acquisitions right now. We, we, we see opportunities and in a way, a lot of this kind of market slowdown and kind of some of the dislocation that's happening right now, that's what gets us excited. I mean, that's, there's finally ways to strike some opportunistic transactions. And so that's what we're working on. Is there more competition now? Yeah, and it's great. I mean, we've been long hopeful for more sophisticated. Why is that? Because in my mind, I'd say, well, now it just means you got to pay more. For hey, leave it for me. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think it's like the only way to really propel things and you know move this community along faster and better is it's not one group doing that. You I mean you need a lot of like-minded firms doing good work. So we're thrilled to see. Yeah, that. I think there's so many opportunities that it doesn't fill the pool, so to speak. No. And it just, it's important, again, from a city building perspective, you know, seeing more competition is important for everybody to kind of raise their game and be that design, architecture, quality. Those are really important over the long term. Are you concerned you lose the local vibe? We've had a couple sort of brokers on who say like, it's really still very, everybody knows everybody. Everybody's friends with everybody. It's a small, small community. Is there a concern you kind of lose that? Because you've been here for a decade now, right? So you're part of that community. For sure. Yeah, I mean, there's maybe a little bit of that. I mean, it's, and again, I think that's where we've been well positioned in terms of having some great partners and great partnerships is we've got a, you know, we're a sophisticated group, but we're entrepreneurial, again, back to the boots on the ground. And, you know, we're a great alignment uh, you live for here. partners. I'm we sure live here. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I mean, not that it's as big as it is in Quebec, but if you're like the Montrealers, like you speak French, you're obviously way ahead of the game. Yep. It's a similar kind of vibe here. Well, I often joke that like before we made the move here, anytime there was any sort of newspaper coverage or anything, it would, the first line would always say, you know, Toronto-based developer with sort of negative connotations to it. So, you know, when we moved here and are here day in and day out, we're viewed, I think, more positively. And we're here, we're not looking to just, hey, take advantage and move on to a next city and our next project. So, yeah. It's been meaningful. Speaking of, are you looking outside of KW? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. We always keep an eye on what's going yeah. on in some surrounding You're markets. So you yeah, can't say no. For but, sure. Yeah. But, you know, as much as we do our homework and see what's going on in some of the sort of surrounding markets, you know, we've just never had a shortage of things to do here. But certainly the day will come, like we will do something in, you know, in another market. It's just got to be the right fit. And somewhere where we can see going in and, and not just doing one project, you know, having some visibility to doing multiple things in a particular market. Given that there's a lot more capital in general attracted to this area, do you have to accept lesser yield result as more competition for, for the assets? I mean, obviously it's great for your existing product because it drives up values. But then for new deals, of course, it makes the uh, potential yield a little thinner, theoretically. Or maybe you're not experiencing that. You tell me. Yeah, I mean, theoretically. I mean, listen, every deal is so different and on its own. I mean, it's, you know, and ultimately we always look at it. You know, we got to be 
comfortable ourselves for a the time and effort that we put into something that there's a reasonable return there for you know to us it's never about a quantity of projects it's uh, about you know doing good quality projects and and the potential rewards are there accordingly there's a um, demographic shift going on with KW. The work from home is contributing to it. We're just seeing, you know, obviously migratory forces all over Canada, but there's a lot of attractive talent and just people moving to KW for the cost of living just because it's you can still get the quality of life, but it's, it is less inex- or more inexpensive then obviously Toronto, you know that. You moved from Etobicoke to, to KW. You've mentioned office and industrial in your current portfolio, your history in retail. Is there any appetite for, for residential? Yeah, we're looking at it now. There's a couple of things that we're percolating on, circling right now. We will get into that business. Is that at just some point yield time. or what's the No, logic? just to really just around just being more well-rounded and interested in sort of mixed use and doing quality projects. And I think our sort of high density market here has started to kind of starting to mature a bit over the last number of years. And I think there's going to be opportunities looking forward to kind of bring that approach that we've done on some of our commercial projects to the residential space and, you know, just trying to move things up a little bit, you know, up market a little bit. Is that rental or for sale? Looking at all of the above. Okay. And it'll make sense. Yeah. So outside of obviously selling condos on your commercial side, is the idea to build and hold forever? Is that the general strategy? We have. Yeah. I mean, we have generally held everything that we've done. We've done some sort of land development, again, opportunities in the region that we've created some value and and exited on. But uh, generally, we're sort of long-term view. I'm curious about just the capital structure. You know, you've been mentioning JVs. Is that typically the strategy? And then are you doing LPs on your side? Is it corporate ownership? What's the what's the capital raising part of your business look like? Yeah, so it's been primarily our capital aligned with a joint venture partner. So that's how we've typically done things. And we've had some inbound interest to us around the concept of some LP type structures. And so, you know, we're pretty open-minded. No, no REIT in your future? no. Not yet. That was a no. quick no with a laugh. Yeah, yeah. I like that. No. <laughs> don't like no, the scrutiny. You don't well, need to do yeah, yeah, the quarterly. That's yeah, a lot of work. All that, yeah, exactly. But <laughs> yeah. uh, now we're, listen, we're entrepreneurial guys, so. Yeah. Don't need anyone looking over your shoulder. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> we are, we're almost at a time here today. I know you've got an obligation to moderate a panel coming up shortly at the uh, lunch here at the conference, so we got to let you go. But given that you are so focused on Southwest Ontario and, you know, since this conference has been... KW in particular. KW yeah. in particular, yeah. What's the vision for the region over the next five years? Yeah, it's just, we want to see more big thinking. And I think if you heard Rod's presentation this morning just about the history around the development of the LRT here, that was a real game-changing piece of infrastructure for this community. And we're hopeful and encouraging of there being more big thinking, big projects down the line. You know, there's no reason why this community can't and shouldn't be doing those things. So that's what we're excited about. And just being a you know small part of it is exciting. Awesome. Well, thanks very much for coming on. Really appreciate you taking the time to come and join us, sharing your story. Thanks to First Nash for powering the podcast. Thanks to Informa for hosting us here at the Southwestern Ontario. Thanks again, Craig. No problem. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to the CRE podcast. The information from this broadcast is not to be relied upon as financial investing, professional accounting, or legal advice. First National Financial LP holds Financial Services Commission of Ontario License Number 10514 and 11252.